0: Hello everybody and welcome to Heart and Hand Extra, my name's David Edgar, I'm your host and this is of course our preview show where we look back at what's happened since our last show on Monday but more importantly look forward to the weekend's match when this week on we take on Hearts at Ibrox and joining me for this is a long time pod stalwart but making his first appearance for a few months, a bit like Jordan Rossiter and that's a comparison you won't hear that often, it's Mark Dingwall.
1: And how are you David?
0: I am delighted to have you back, our listeners have missed your dulcet tones Mark.
1: I'm off the bench.
0: You're off the bench, and, and we haven't done an awful lot about East European hitchhikers over the last year, and I think our older listeners are starting to miss that sort of thing on this oh, kind of... I, oh.
1: You know, my taste become more refined as, uh, as the years pass, passed, David.
0: Yeah, well, uh, Brexit's going to have unintended effects on that sort of thing, isn't it? Well,
1: we'll have to invest in a few new, different passports.
0: <laughs> okay, then, mate. The main thing, then, that I think that's happened this week has been the... Continued speculation about Alfredo Morelos, and we've heard all manner of different rumours that there's still interest in him from China, that they've came back with further bids. Rangers have again rejected them. And uh, the latest seems to be that Rangers are talking to Morelos's agent about an improved deal. No guarantee that it's going to be signed or anything, but talks are underway as you'd probably expect for a guy who's done as well as him and his value has rocketed, that the, his agents have an improved deal. But Morelos has, in fact, today said he's aware that a lot of clubs are looking at him and he's just going to concentrate on scoring goals, trying to get into the Columbia squad for the World Cup. Realistically, he's not long for Ibrox, is he, one way or the other?
1: No, I don't think he is. And um, just to be honest, the way he's come in, the way he's behaved, um, the way he's scored. Then I don't think we can, can really um, have any regrets if he does go for a reasonable price. You know, where Rangers are, and where we have been, if you get um, a bid coming in, you know, over five, six, seven million, it's almost like you know pull a, pull a figure out there. But if they're coming in in that range, then that makes a huge difference to to the club's finances. Um, it means you're going to have to promote somebody up front. Um, but if they are if there is interest at the at those kind of prices, then it's, it's simply a no-brainer that they will go.
0: I think that's something that we do need to bear in mind. That while you're obviously sad if ever you lose a player, if we're getting ten million plus for somebody, anybody at the moment, it's kind of like a lottery win because nobody started the season that value and that kind of money in terms of what it can do for the club, not just in terms of transfers, but also I mean you've you've campaigned long and hard about the state of Ibrox and the club are addressing it, but it's not something that gets fixed overnight.
1: No, I mean the the problem with IBROX started long before we had uh, we had uh, the Spivs in was, you know, under David Murray and Martin Bain. You know, the uh, programmes for maintenance and cleaning were were cut right back. And so you know we're we're paying you know that short term, supposedly short term uh, solution back then is now coming back to haunt us many years later, and uh, you know how many players have we seen over the years where you thought they had potential or they, were, they did have potential they were, were doing well, and all it takes is one injury a loss of form, and suddenly you know somebody that's a hero becomes a villain. Um, I'm a great romantic when it comes to football, but. You simply cannot take chances when when these kinds of opportunities come up. When we are when we are there, we are. So if the money if the right, then he's he's going to go. Same as you know, there is no player in that squad that uh, that you know should not be sold if, if we get a a well above odds offer from them.
0: Speaking of the financial side of the club, Mark. Now this week the, the newspapers reported that um, Chase Brothers, who are um, uh, an international bank, had taking security over Edmondson House in the Albion Car Park against a £3 million overdraft, which had been offered to Rangers. Now, that's not a, a panic measure and it's not a bad thing. It's not SPIV related. That That is just a pretty standard financial transaction for, a, for anybody when taking out an overdraft with a bank that you have to provide some security. And, in fact, my contention is, and we spoke to Andy McGowan on here about this, that this financial... Um, ability now, the fact that Rangers can get credit to put it in very simple terms, after years of not being able to, for fairly obvious reasons, given given um, what happened when we went down to lower divisions, then it, it, it's almost a sign of confidence from a firm, and the security issue is just pretty standard. Well,
1: it's how, it's how a lot of businesses um, finance themselves is that you have to have if you've got if you've got resources, uh, especially you know land or buildings. Then they become security on on loans or overdrafts. So I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't get into a panic. I also think it's maybe a reality check for some of us um, that have been involved in the fan movement in the past year. If you remember, um, David Murray very kindly offered um, the trust to, to join a new company that would own doing, iBooks. Oh, well, can you imagine if that if the iBooks had actually been hived off? a separate company controlled by the bank. Oh God. Where would we be now, you know, we'd be paying four or five million quid a year in rent. We wouldn't own the the, the, the land and, and the building. And so we wouldn't be able to provide normal financial arrangements for the club because the stadium would no longer be ours. And, and again, for the club as a club, um I know a lot of people are taken with the idea that you know fans would maybe to chip in and buy the pitch and that means Rangers could never leave. That's true, but it also means that you're going to have severe problems maybe 20, 30, 40, 50 years down the line when you decide we're going to really renovate Ivox, we're going to change things and we need to secure some borrowings on the land. Well, it's not impossible to get out of this Chelsea fans supposedly, in the the picture at at Stamford Bridge. But basically, they eventually have to cave in simply because the practicality of the club means that they, that, they, that they went along with the club's plans. But it does cause a major uh, headache. So, you know, I think we should always be romantic, we should always be looking for the safety of the club. But shouldn't rush into things simply because it seems like a good idea at the time. You know, we'll own the patch. if the club doesn't own the patch, then it could cause real problems for the pitch. sorry for the club in the future.
0: As a wee aside, Martin, this is nothing directly to do with the Rangers, but there's obviously been a lot of speculation over the last few months about the future of Hamden and of course um, the Scottish Rugby Union um, or, or Association. They made a, a fantastic, and I believe, very cost-effective pitch. Um, pardon the pun, to the SFA about getting Scotland matches and, and cup semis and finals played at Murrayfield. And in fact, that's the option the SFA will pursue if they don't get the ability to buy the pitch from... or to buy the stadium, sorry, from Queen's Park. Apparently, the view of the SFA is that Queen's Park basically couldn't afford the upkeep if there was no, no games, no major games being played at it. So they've sort of got them over, over a barrel. What's your thought on the whole... The whole issue of, of should it be played at Hamden? Should they be moving to Murrayfield? And the SFA's move to take control of Hamden as their preferred option.
1: I think the the SFA should control Hamden. Um, without getting too complicated, it's essentially who's part the, the amateur club that owns that owns the ground at the moment, and um, so the amount of money that the country. The game has invested in Hamden. I think it would be completely ludicrous um, to scrap Hamden or to move away. Uh, I think it's got you know 20, 30 years in it anyway before you need to make that decision either to revamp it or to or to move elsewhere. I don't think as a country we can afford to. But more importantly, as far as I'm concerned, is that Hamden. Um, let's separate Hamden from the football authorities for which Rangers fans have got uh, not a little love (laughs) Uh, let's let's remove that and what I would say is Hampden is a symbol of the of Scottish football um, style of football which played across the world the history of football across the world Scotland is one of you can argue between Scotland and uh, England whether they are the originators and inventors of football but certainly We've played a huge um, part in the history of football across the world. And uh, I think in terms of what has happened at Hamden, the great games that have been played there, the history that's been made, then it is something that other other countries would give their eye teeth for. Um, I'm very proud as a Glaswegian that, you know, this city has contained you know, three huge um, football players football um, venues over the years um, that so many world, European, British uh, records have been, have been had at, uh, at Hamden. So from a romantic point of view, I think Hamden should be kept. I think from a practical point of view, because of the money that's been spent, it should also um, remain the home of Scottish football. And Rather than throwing the baby out of the bathwater, as if you don't like the, the SFA... Reform that campaign, argue. Um, I know that's not an easy thing to do, but you know, things that are worthwhile in life never are that easy. So rather than throwing the baby out with the bathwater, I would I would say retain Hamden, and there's also whatever deal we sign with the SRU are they going to be able to keep it? If we sign a deal that we'll, we'll move the we we'll take the big games to Ibrox and Parkhead, well you know what? Have a funny feeling how that's going
0: to end. Well, that's been that's been ruled out. Uh, I will say that I think even the SFA realised that. But while we're on the subject of the SFA, just before we get into Saturday's match, a lot of talk at the moment, obviously, about their new chief executive, um Leanne Dempster of Hibs, has ruled herself out. One of the names mentioned, for reasons that are beyond my understanding, is Jackie McNamara. Um This is this would appear for Scottish football and for Rangers Mark to be a fairly pivotal appointment. Um, are we going to get somebody who's got a plan and a forward thinking uh, and the ability, a a forward thinking ideology and the ability to implement it, which is obviously key because you're going to run into a lot of problems at hand, or are we going to get the same old, same old another guy who comes in who's a puppet of the people who have the power and business will continue as usual
1: I think there comes a time in many organisations where uh, change happens, it's not necessarily it isn't very often cataclysmic. But I think if you saw the way that uh Anakin was introduced and without being unpleasant to the gentleman introduced them
0: yes, uh, <laughs> you
1: know the, gen- the gentleman was getting on in years and it did seem a little bit Keith Robinson. Um I like Big Eck on a personal basis and you can argue about some of the some of these uh, career results down south in a very competitive um, very competitive environment. But what you saw there was an afterthought. appointment simply on it solves the problem for a little while. Now it buys them time to make those changes. If you look, um, people were talking about uh, the SFA were outbid the Irish, uh, Irish Football Association for the services of uh, Michael O'Neill. Well, if you actually look at the turnover of the two businesses, the SFA is between three and four times bigger oh, than the, than the Irish Association. In a normal year, not not, not that we or the Northern Ireland ever get to major competition finals that often anyway. um, So money shouldn't be a problem if they want to attract somebody um, from business who has a track record, but say for instance, the Disney Corporation, or Nike, or Adidas, or or whatever um, realm of sports administration. So it shouldn't be a problem. My worry is that, you know, because for whatever reason, Uh, Leanne Dempster's got a bit of a name, a bit of a cashier about her just now. Mm. But look at where she's actually been. Again, no disrespect to her, because she's been running uh, two professional football clubs, but is it really going to make that much of a difference to Scotland? And the more inherent problems that we have in Scotland with the culture, with the weather, with the um, the changing powers in football, Somebody who's really going to make a difference to that has got to be somebody with real foresight and force of personality uh, to impose um, not just one plan but several plans um, across across Scotland, across Scotland, and over the lifetime of his own and uh, probably the next couple of few ten tenures. Because how many times in our lifetimes have we had plan this, plan oh, that, fuck.
0: nothing ever happens. No, how many think tanks we
1: lived through, pre- you know? Yeah.
0: Um, Honestly, we've had more think tanks than Scotland managers in my lifetime, I think Um, So what you're basically saying, Mark Is that we should look to hire some business experience from major sports firms As opposed to maybe Jackie McNamara Because when York City stuck him on garden leave once They gave him the title chief exec
1: And it's it's also where where have York City been been operating? How long in his time have they been in the football league?
0: Oh, he was a disaster. Jackie McNamara, everything he's touched since he got his kitchen done after um, his clever transfer negotiations with the United. It's been all downhill from there. But let's move on to the Rangers. That's why we're here, after all, to talk. Now, first things first, uh, injury news, as we reported on the Patreon site. um, Lee Wallace, Bruno Alves, back in the squad and back available for Saturday. Apart from that, we've got pretty much our full strength, um, apart from long-term injuries, obviously, guys like Ryan Jack, Graham Dorans, uh, Jordan Ross, or Ross McCrory, sadly, who looks as though he's got out for at least another month and possibly even may need a op. Would you be looking at making many changes after last week, Mark? Because while I thought we were wonderful at times going forward... You couldn't really say that defensively we had a sound game and we're stepping up a level in terms of opposition and what they can do going forward.
1: Well I actually had the misfortune to watch most of the Ross County Hearts game last week.
0: And uh Well done. Did you uh, stick it out to the end?
1: I sort of I, I had a brief lunch break in the middle <laughs> together, I don't, don't think I really missed anything. Um but again, depends what Hearts team turns up.
0: Aye, it does.
1: Um you know, you you thought early on, you know, they get the goal with uh, with uh, the labour mounting big laughs, and you thought they would go on from there, but they didn't. They stagnated, and uh, I thought Ross County fairly well. Uh, contained them for for most of the game, and um, and then you know they're obviously to to, to make a few chances themselves. Although um, statistically, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure some sad kids out there will, will blow me away with this, but I thought that uh, in terms of clear cut chances, Arsenal were well on front to so that. That is obviously a danger that we, we have to look out for, especially if um, Lafferty and Naismith are available for them.
0: Well, still some talk about whether Naismith will be fit. Um, I think he'll be guaranteed an interesting reception. I thought Lafferty got a, a pretty decent reception at Ibrox earlier this season. Admittedly, wasn't he doing as much damage as Hearts? Somehow managed to play a 14 10 0 formation, and uh, he was at left back for most of the match. But I have my doubts that Naismith will be getting a warm reception, Mark. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, th- there aren't defenders of him who say, oh, well, you know, the club should have talked to him more, should have talked to all the players at left, and should have explained that somebody, you know, McCoy should have taken more of a, a role in it, or, you know, somebody's anti kind of by... Um, by, uh, by Charles Green, my, my view is quite simple for the guys that left. You could have stayed. You could have stayed and you could have got, um, you know, if you're going to move on in your career, you've got money from the or you're in a position for the club benefits from, that, from a fee. So you chose you choose to go for your own benefit. So if anybody wants to abuse them, fine. My, my attitude is, you know, the way that a lot of players have behaved over the years is, they're simply the higher help You know um, Enjoy them when they're there It's a few characters But they will always be somebody tomorrow So You know the small gear To be honest
0: Yeah I'm, I'm the same I remember back to A wee friend the Gub One time when Rangers Were playing Falkirk Does he uh,
1: actually like anybody? That's the, that's the major problem though, If you're going to use An anecdote from him
0: Well after uh, uh, We were playing Falkirk At Ibrox And Falkirk took the lead And then Rangers scored And took the lead And a few bears in front of us started throwing the vickies to Falkirk fans and shouting get it up you and the wee man turned to me and went I refuse to taunt Falkirk fans, we are above that <laughs> and it's always stuck with me, it's like yeah you've got a point, we're Rangers could he
1: direct his butler to go on
0: get he sent the barman to go and do it um, he, was, he was instructed to go off uh, and get towed into them now coming uh,
1: back to what you were saying I mean there, there is something about Rangers where I'm I'm still stuck in this mindset where we need about three goals to win a match before I feel comfortable. <laughs> well,
0: it's kind of true
1: usually. So there is there is this mad vulnerability. I mean, and I don't even include Hamilton because I mean, um, although I don't think it's an excuse, there is definitely something about that carpet. I mean, it, it looks like a shag pile carpet that you play on at New Douglas Park. There's definitely something there that no matter how often you tell players or what club it is, that gives them an on-field advantage. So That's maybe you know, that, that result of you know, losing those goals is a, is a wee bit away from the normal. But there is a vulnerability within this where we just can't seem to just get that, that killer. And then, I don't know, do we go to sleep or, 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 or are, the players, um, are the players not up to the job? But there is this vulnerability within us in almost every game where it just seems people can walk straight through us. Every game there's going to be chanted, but there's just something about us that do we need a leader, a real leader, um, to marshal things at the back?
0: Well, um, I, I thought that was what Martin was signed for, and it's very early, and I'm, not, I'm but I, we were told an awful lot about his leadership characteristics. And maybe it's just settling in and maybe he just doesn't feel quite ready to do that. But we haven't seen that from him yet. But you could say the same about Alves, another guy who we thought would offer that. And maybe it's just we've been a bit spoiled, Mark, that we've grown up with guys like Butcher, Golf, Bomber, Ammo even. You know, these big presences from the back, the guys who sort of set the tone and maybe these guys just don't really exist in the modern game.
1: Well, and it's also maybe, you know, absence makes the hard go fun. I, I thought with Alves not seen him so often in the past, that, you know, he would probably need a bit of time to, to come up to speed where, you know, they can have, um, he might not be the most skillful, but there, there is something uh, in terms of the speed. And you, compared with England, it's, it's a more physical game up here. Mm. You know, um, I, mean, I know that people see referees from all the older players, and it's always thought that the Galvez was going to keep the out to settle in, um, and now they've got injuries and so forth. But the times when he has played, he's always looked that yard off the pace.
0: Well, speaking of uh, referees, beautifully said there, Mark. Um, our old friend John Beaton is the referee for Saturday's match. Now, Beaton's charge sheet at Ibrox this season is long and lengthy. And I think it's... it's well... Like all football fans, we moan about refs. I think it's been pretty apparent several times this season that Rangers are ref to a different standard. And Beaton has really been among the chief suspects in that. And um, my personal opinion is this is far too important and far too high profile a game for this guy to be to be refing. And I don't think that he is emotionally capable of being a top grade referee because I think he gets influenced by the by the crowd, by the noise by the the players and I think that he then stops making decisions based on just naturally making decisions and he starts second guessing everything he does and he starts uh, you can see the decision making process is flawed, he's going to have a tough time of it on Saturday in which historically is a physical game, Rangers and Hearts throughout my lifetime have always been two teams who so just go at it, hammer and tongs and I don't see Saturday being any different I think a lot of fans And I'm one of them Are worried that We're going to be coming out of this game on Saturday Not talking about the players Not talking about the manager But talking about the referee And that's a terrible feeling to have Going into a football match
1: Well, I think if um, Somebody had had kind of uh, Had blinked During your your little rant there um, They would have thought Which particular referee is he talking about? Um, Is it Willie Collins, for instance? I've, uh, I've got this theory that because if you look back in some early editions of the that you know, I found references to that Colonel O'Shaughnessy, who was one of Celtics' directors, was talking about referees never getting Celtics anything in the 1890s. Hmm. And
0: I've,
1: I've got this theory that because Celtics' and paranoia is all persuasive, that it does have a keen look of effect on referees. And as a, you know, a corollary of that, uh, <laughs> it means that there's an ingrained, even when Celtic aren't playing Rangers, whenever Rangers are playing, referees are going out there going, I'm going to be under such scrutiny because this is Rangers, uh, you know, they'll all think I'm a Mason, I give Rangers the benefit of the doubt, so I've got to be tougher on Rangers than I will be in any other team. Now, whether that's genuine in the front of me or psychologically, um, in the background, I think it's definitely a fact that, you know, I've always assumed as a Rangers fan any game we go into we have got to play better and harder than anybody else because the referees will not give us anything. Simply because Celtic have have poisoned the well doesn't mean we should throw the baby out of the bathwater but we are under um, stricter conditions than everybody else. I would also say in my lifetime I don't think that the, the referees have been fitter or better trained or subjected to so much scrutiny so we keep looking back to this golden age of Tiny Watton. Well, you know, Tiny Watton and Andrew Waddell and Hope and, and all these guys, they were hated in their day by Rangers fans and every other fan in Scotland as well. So, you know, the referee is there. Let's just go on with the game.
0: Well, I would say in Beaton's case that Hearts fans were talking about incidents that they had with him and they, they can't stand him. And I am willing to go by that he's just a bad referee. Um, which is what I think is the case but it, it does concern me that we're going into the match thinking oh Christ and that's never a good sign before before a match kicks off now an interesting I think um, we addendum to this season has been Craig Levine on his no fucks left to give tour because I think he's at the stage of life as we all reach Mark where he just doesn't care anymore he knows that this is Certainly, his biggest last job in football, um, and he knows that he can do what he like. And he, I think, he's just amusing himself. And of course, he's reeled in on fishing trips so far this season. Brendan Rodgers and Neil Lennon, and he's been kind of quite quiet so far. But that, of course, may change either in the build up or the post match it. Look, I admit, after not being a fan of his throughout his career, I have laughed this season, and I've been a wee bit surprised that we laugh and joke about the oversensitivity of certain sections of Scottish football, but I've been very surprised at how easily he was able to land them and that nobody was able to say to these guys, look, your reaction is exactly what he wants. And further, I would hope that Rangers, that if any happens, Graham Marty just goes, "Ah, that's just Craig being Craig, and leaves it. Because it's kind of bizarre to me that grown men... Have responded the way they have to what are quite clearly wind ups.
1: It's all the it's all the fun of the fair, isn't it? Mm. You know, it's, he's been around long enough. Uh, I, I don't think his delivery is great. I mean, he does, uh, you know, those glasses, not beard. And um, let's face facts, he does look like a fugitive from kind watch. Mm. Uh, but he does, as you say, he does seem to rule them in as a tactic. Um, long term, I'm not really sure that it works that well. Um, but in terms of Lennon, for instance, I mean, clearly, right under Lennon's um, oh, skin. And uh, so, you know, it, it's almost like a third day and Kevin Keegan moment. Mm. So, you know, it's all part of the game. So, if he wants to try it, fine. But I think uh, I think Rangers should be responding to it with a shrug of the shoulders. What did you expect? Seen the routine before. You know, next, please. You know, let's let's get somebody That can do it properly, and we'll worry about
0: it. Nah, exactly. Just just let it go. Don't don't be annoyed by it. And uh, fair play to him because he's right. You know, he's not going. He's had his turn at Scotland, and he's not going to go down south. This is a, the biggest job he's going to have. And even if he lost it I think he'd probably just go back to being the technical director again. So might as well have a bit of fun with it. But he, he's doing quite well with them. They are a better side. As as you pointed out, I've seen them against Hibbs in Ross County recently, and they were terrible football matches. But he's been getting them results. What's your prediction for Saturday, Mark? Because our home form is fucking awful. Let's be honest.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm the eternal optimist, uh, so I'm going to go for two one. I, I, I just think those um, I think the <laughs> were so leaky that we that we could possibly leak a goal. Um, but on the other hand, when you start motoring up front. Even against you know, teams that are traditionally in um, you know, the kind of top half of the Scottish League, then I'm confident that we can score. So 2, two 1 would be my
0: bet. I'm going to echo Mark's bet so if you're putting a coupon on you know which one to avoid but I agree, I think that Hearts are good defensively but I think that we're showing a lot of signs of having that bit of creativity we've badly missed this season and I, I can see us getting there by the odd goal in three so I'll go for 2-1 as well I share Mark's concerns, I think Hearts have got a good forward line and I think that um, overall, it all comes down to the midfield battle, as always at Ibrox, if we win that we'll be able to go in and control the game but I'm I'm going for 2-1. Now Mark Heart and Hand was built on stories that maybe always didn't have something to do with football and were, shall we say, somewhat lewd. Yes. Well, I can't let you go as an original member, as someone who's on the um, Heart and Hand Mount Rushmore and enjoys a a tale from the, shall we say, the the darker side of the football industry. Uh, Ross County, a nice Highland club, always thought of as a bit of a family club. I think it's fair to say um, Or oh, oh, Presbyterianism well, well This week Ross County were forced to issue a statement After it was revealed that One of their players Ex Celtic player Michael Gardine Had been caught on camera Performing a sex act In the club's changing room Upon himself And that he'd done so in front of his teammates One of whom had filmed it Why do people let that happen? Look, if anyone films you doing something like that, it's so they can send it to people, right? It's not for their own collection. And even if it was, why would you go, oh, right, you, you're, gonna, you're the only ones going to look at it. Up. That's fine, hang on, I'll just get my cock out. But former Celtic player Michael Gardine performed a sex act on himself, which I, when reading the story, had taken to mean he had um, en- engaged in a, a bout of self-abuse. That's what you would think, right? Uh, uh, Allegedly. Perform a sex act on yourself You're thinking wank Right that's what's at the top of your list But apparently it wasn't Apparently Mark he indulged in What can only be described as a bout of auto fellatio What no, is happening in the Highlands mate
1: He wouldn't be the, the first player to blow his own trumpet <laughs> I, I think I think we should also at this point Probably point out this is probably why Heart in hand as a podcast and not a video cast because uh I dread to think that some of the some of the sites that the the uh, subscribers would have would have seen if, uh, if we would left you in charge of a, a video camera for any length of time.
0: <laughs> but what, what kinda of conversation leads into that? Hi hey, lads, uh do you know what I can do? No, I I can I can suck my own bell end away. No I can, not hold on, get your cameras ready. That, oh. that, that doesn't happen in your average workplace For good reason Well, look,
1: Let's face back He's not the first man to indulge in a team wank <laughs> Well he <it> isn't a <laughs>
0: self I mean it, it is a self high five But I, I, just, I, know, I wouldn't want to do it because you know I know where my willy's been And the last place I want to put it now would be my mouth ah, But then again
1: you know, Sometimes you're, you're in this Kind of situation I, you know, As I've heard people have been you know, and there's five or six guys in the team saying we're going to have a little bit of an unusual race here, and you're thinking, <laughs> oh. And then they, you know, they suddenly, oh, well, well, they aren't exactly putting on their trainers here. But they <laughs> to. So even the first gentleman about to feel forced to join in, but it is a bit odd that he was at his age, he was like the leader of the gang, so to it's speak. 32.
0: He's not. A, he can We can't really use the daft boyness. Get out a jail card on this so, one.
1: And there is obviously, whether admitted or not Men do have this Obsession with penal envy So you're thinking, is he a Ron Jeremy Type figure, or is he one of These real nutters that's had a couple Of ribs subject to removed <laughs> So he can get down there
0: The Marilyn Manson
1: Well, that's uh, um, Well, I hope I'm not the only person That's actually thought of this, but I'm, I'm sure from some of the comments online There are more than a more than a few people have have had that thought that he's actually um, taking it to extremes and as he's getting older it's becoming more pronounced what he likes to do and this urge to perform in public so to speak
0: well at the end of the day we're not here to kink shame um if it doesn't hurt any animals children or vegetables knock yourself out and uh, but but don't let people film it right um, that's that's it I, I, I t- t-
1: so we are looking for the for PMs if there are any links out there we <laughs> would like to share it with the with the rest
0: of the world I, I did laugh at the I love these these words that the papers use for stories like you know Graham Murphy admits he would love to stay at, on at Ibrox's manager and I'm like what did you have to beat that out of him of course he wants to but the, the one that made me laugh on this one was he was caught performing a sex act he wasn't caught he had a room full of people there all of with their cameras out it's, oh. you know, I'm not caught <laughs>
1: There was a punter on Facebook, and they came up with a one-liner that just nailed it, and I just thought, I've got to steal that. Um, so somebody put up the story, and the first response was, Toss, County. <laughs> it was a stroke of genius. A, a stroke,
0: stroke of genius. <laughs> it's, it's always the first reply. That, that's the established rule of Follow, Follow. It's always the first reply. Mark, thank you very much for joining me today. Where can people see more of the magnificent octopus that is Follow, Follow? Well, we
1: are, we are manipulating people's brains, mostly from forum.followfollow.com.
0: Thank you very much for listening to the thoughts of an ex-Van driver and someone who's on the professional scrap heap. Uh, Mark, thank you for joining me. Thank you, David. My name's David Edgar, and I'll be back to talk to you on Monday. Take care. Bye.